1: I ain't worried about it. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. This week, our guest is dual international, Matt Rogers.
0: But, but on the slow Cup, what, what, what do you reckon you would have said if someone had said to you and the boys after 2002 that by 2023 we still haven't won it again?
2: I, I, I wouldn't have believed it. Um,. But yeah, um, I mean, look, the way things are going, there needs some significant change for it not to be another 20 years. So, um, yeah, yeah, New Zealand are just a powerhouse. And we went through an era where, you know, we had some phenomenal talent in our team. You look at the, the likes of, like some of these players that are gonna be, you know, the best ever, you know, your Johnny Hills, your, your Matt Burks, your Todd Ikefus, your Steve Larkins, you know, the, the core of that side, the George Gregans, the core of that side was a was a pretty unique uh, bunch of talent and you know I was just fortunate enough to to be a part of that group for a small period of time um but yeah you know I think they got the right man at the helm to to wrestle it back it's going to take some time if there's one thing that Eddie Jones can do it's create an upset in world rugby I mean you know he got Japan to beat South Africa like that, that I mean that's unique, right? I mean that's 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 a bigger upset than Australia beating New Zealand. Yeah. So I, I think they've got the right guy at the helm. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. He's still trying to work out who his team, who you know, who he can use, who he needs, where he, where he needs to fill some gaps. Uh, unfortunately, he's got to do it on the world stage because there's no other place to do it when you're the, the Australian coach. So. There's going to be a few teasing issues early, but, you know, I'm happy with the guy the front of the show.
1: Have you found it difficult to maintain an interest in rugby union given its sort of unfortunate descent into a little bit of irrelevance in the sort of general sporting psyche in Australia?
2: Uh, it has been tough, I've got to say, and, and the fact that, you know, they, they chuck the game behind a paywall makes it even tougher because it's like, well, do I want to pay to watch it? Uh. Like, is it... Is it worth paying to watch it on TV at the yeah. moment? Yeah. Um, the the, the you know, look, I, I know the guys that, that you know, I've, I've visited Wallaby Camp, and you know, I, you know, I'm in touch with you know people that are you know well and truly engrossed in the game. Phil Ward, the new CEO, is a great mate of mine. Um, I'm you know I'm going down to Melbourne to watch the game this weekend. Um, they've got some work to do. There's there's no question. Um, but you know i i feel like um i i feel like what they're doing is is smart in relation to um you know bringing back your will Skeltons and your richie arnold's from the french from the french league to to play over here i, I feel like they're making some decisions mm. that's going to make our national side stronger the reality is you know the players that play over in those leagues over in france um you know in, in the uk they're tough week in week out um competitions uh we sort of lack that a little bit in australia and if we just say that everyone's got to play in australia if you're going to play for the wallabies means we're going to have players that aren't as battle hardened and ready to play on the on, on the world stage so i'm happy with them relaxing the laws i think they're starting to make some decisions to to bring our wallabies back to a you know a a dominant nation. You know, I think we're eighth at the moment in the world on on the rankings, which is is not ideal. It's probably the worst we've been ever. Um, But I feel like they're making the right decisions to turn that around. And look, the ultimate marketing ploy for any team is win. That's it. Like, you win, no one cares what else you do. If you win, people want to start to watch you. People want to get behind you and they want to cheer their national team. So they're just going to start winning games. Um, Doesn't matter how they do it. Um, you know, you got to push the barrier. I mean, if, if you're not, you know, on the edge of cheating, <laughs> like you, or maybe even stepping over the line a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, you you you've got to find a way to win. Like, that's the reality of it. Um, you know, I'm not saying go out there and cheat, but you got to put you got to be right on the edge.
1: Sounds like you're.
2: <laughs> you've got to push yeah. Well, you got to push it. Yeah, well, you got to push it. You got to. I mean, far out doesn't happen just by being the nice guy and getting the job done I mean mm. you know Richie McCaw one of the greatest open side flankers to ever play the game you know he's a loveliest human being but he lived his footballing life on the edge of what's legal and what's not legal and you know got called out by people saying oh he cheats well Mate, no, he's just living on the edge, and that's how you got to. That's where you got to be, if you want to compete. And you know, uh, us as Australians need to live on that edge and give ourselves the opportunity.
0: This is all talk with Hello Sport today. We are talking with Wallabies legend, NRL legend, Sharks legend, Titans legend, Queensland legend, Matty Rogers. Now, Matty, we we sort of have a little bit of a different take here at Hello Sport. We're of the strong opinion, Matt, <laughs> and surely you can agree with this that. In order to win, we need more rugby league players in the side. It's as simple as that. I mean, I'm not ruling out ten plus rugby league, you know, players coming over for a couple of reasons. They're better footy players, first and foremost. No offense. And yeah, secondly, yeah, I, it's bums on seats and it's that. eyeballs on screens.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not ruling out the fact that they need, um, they need cattle, and and where do they get that from? I mean you consider like the two nations that are, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere that are strongest in South Africa and New Zealand. Like that's all they do. Like, rugby league's its second, cup, poor second cousin in New Zealand. Then rugby league doesn't exist in South Africa. Everybody plays rugby. Yeah. Um, we've got rugby league and AFL to compete with. I mean, you could, could you could you imagine if we just had rugby union, how strong it would be? Um, the fact is we don't. So we've got to compete with the other codes. Um, but Eddie, Eddie will get the players that he wants. Um, you know, I'd love to see Payne Half playing number eight for the Wallabies. I'd love to see... Same, uh, dude. You know, Same. Cameron it'd be Murray so good. Cameron Murray playing number 12 for the Wallabies. Yeah. It, it'd be devastating.
1: But it, 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 as a rugby league fan, I'm, a, I'm only just like, stay the f*** away from my manly players. Don't take Trebojevic. Don't take... They're looking at cooler. Like, you can take whoever you want because I, I was a... Like, we're rugby fans here. The idea of Payne at number eight like almost Todai Kefu vibes where you're just like, yes, yes, please. Give me that.
2: Oh, mate, could you imagine? Um, and, and look, at the end of the day, rugby people can say, we need to develop our own players. And yeah, you do. You, you absolutely do. And, you know, the, the the GPS school system is a breeding ground for NRL stars. It's like they're all there. But the GPS school system recruit young rugby league players because they don't care about league or union. They just want to win their school competition. Mm. And then they leave there, and they go, and, and they're prepared for a professional system um, to go back into rugby league. Uh, and there's not a, there's not a, there's not as many opportunities in rugby union in Australia. There's there's only four sides, professional sides, and and then there's the Wallabies. And, and rugby league has so much more to offer in terms of opportunity. So um, they do tend to have to come and buy them back uh, at a higher rate than what they would if they developed their own. But if they want success now. Um, which they're screaming for because we haven't had it for so long. They're going to have to spend some money and they're going to have to go and get the Payne They're going to have to go and get the Cam Murrays or the Angus Crichtons of the world who have got rugby backgrounds, uh, who were through, came through a rugby system, who uh, won't take long to, you know, jump back into that program. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, you had just started talking about how you approached rugby Yourself. What was the reasoning behind that? Were you sick of rugby league or were you just did you always want to? Once rugby had gone professional, we'd won the World Cup. Like, did you just have that rugby union itch that you wanted to
0: scratch?
2: Uh, I had an itch to scratch. There's, there's definitely that's why I approached rugby, but there was also a little bit behind um, where I was playing at the time. Like, I was playing on the wing for the Sharks. I was a fly half in rugby union, so I played Australian school boys a fly half,
0: and now I'm playing on
2: the wing. And I just knew I had more to offer a football team than being on the wing. And I got. Mm. A bit sick of just carting the ball into a line of forwards off, you know, kick returns. Um, I knew I had more to offer. And I, I spoke to Chris Anderson mm-hmm. and he was the incoming coach at the Sharks. And my contract was up. I said to my dad, I want to speak to Oaks before I sign anything. And to Oaks' credit, like I, I said, I just said to him, I said, mate, if I stay here, where are you going to play me? I said, cause I don't want to play on the wing. And he goes, mate, if you stay here, he goes, you're one of the best wingers in the country. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to move you. Like, that's where I want you, you know? Um, So I just decided pretty much then and there, I wasn't going to be playing for the Sharks because I I knew I had more to offer. So I had to sort of, and rugby was was a a great alternative. Um, I didn't really want to play against the Sharks at the time. Like I I really loved the Sharks. My dad was the boss. I didn't want to go to another club. Uh, Rugby, um, a friend of mine named John Dunphy, who acted sort of as a a quasi agent for me because I didn't have one. I said can you speak to you know rugby australia so he he, he got him into a meeting and jeff miller just put all the cards on the table and there are a lot of cards you know the money the, the, the travel the opportunity to play in a different position <laughs> um so yeah at, at that point i just I, I basically in my mind agreed that yeah i'm going I'm going back to rugby um dumpy said "I oh, do, do you want to do you want me to talk about money so oh, i i just knew i'd and and I didn't want to, I don't want to sound arrogant. I just knew I was going to get paid wherever I went. Like if I went if I stayed at the Sharks, I was going to make good money. If I went to rugby, I was going to make good money. I was in a position in my career where money wasn't really the issue. It was like what do I want to do? And the the rugby the rugby thing looked very attractive. So to go back there and and you know I met with um, Eddie Jones. I met with uh, Bob Dwyer. They didn't want me to go to Queensland because Wendell was in Queensland. So Eddie was the Brumbies coach. Bob was the New South Wales coach. I really connected with, with Bob, uh, Bob Dwyer. Um, he, he sort of had some ideas around where I'd play. He wanted me to play fullback. Um, I knew they had Matt Burke. Yeah. So I'm like, mate, you've got the best fullback Australia's ever had at, at fullback at the Waratahs. How are you going to make this work? He Yes, no, I'll speak to Burkey. I think he'd make a great outside centre and I think fullback's your position. And Burkey. You know, to his credit, you know, it was all about the team. He said, mate, I'm happy to move to 13. He goes, you can you can play fullback, i teacher And he took me under his wing. Eddie was, well, Eddie was a bit aloof when I met with him about the Brumbies because he, he knew he'd, he was taking the, the Wallabies job, so he couldn't talk too much about what was going to happen at the Brumbies. So it was just an easy fit for me to go to the Waratahs. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was in the end, you know, I, I, I did this whole sort of around the world thing to to get back to rugby league playing 5-8 where, where I I wanted to play initially. And the thing that, that pissed me off the most was I, I played South uh, for the Tides and I played 5-8 and we ended up winning the game and John Lang was the coach at the time who was the guy that put me on the wing and wouldn't take me off the wing at Cronulla. And I love Lang, and, and, you know, but he came in after the game he said, mate, I made a, a mm-hmm. huge yeah. mistake. He goes, I, sh- I should never have kept you out there he goes after what I saw tonight you, you should have been playing five eight you know 15 years ago at Cronulla and I'm like thanks mate but you know, that doesn't help me the fact that you know I've had to you know like, if I was playing five eight at the start, I would never have left so yeah but the rugby opportunity was huge for me um, you know I loved yeah. it and uh yeah it gave me you know a, a, certainly a different lifestyle you know met Met the very different fans of rugby to the rugby league fans, and and I guess my wife got to experience um, rugby fans as opposed to league <laughs> fans initially. Not that I don't like league fans are great, Let not tell you, but uh, they're very different crowd.
1: No, of course, we we really appreciated uh, your time. It was it was great to talk to you. We uh, we really appreciate it. And as I said at the start, you're uh, you're one of the the legends of our time growing up, and uh, it's been really nice to have a yarn and have you on.